Welcome, all you wonderful people. This is December 24th, 2019, which was week 16 in our wonderful NFL season. And welcome to the weekly post game. My name is Jeff. I got my boy Brady here. Say what's up, Brady, the crew. Hello, everybody. All right, let's get into this. The first thing we're going to start off with, folks, let's talk about this past week. A lot of games going on this season, a lot of outcomes changed what the NFL postseason will look like in the 2019 season. We started off on a Saturday with three high-profile games, first starting off with the Texans and the Buccaneers. Of course, Jameis Winston was himself through four picks, but still, somehow, the Houston Texans only came out on top 23-20 to with a very underwhelming performance by Deshaun Watson. Definitely. Then we came up with the Bills and the Patriots. Brady, what was your wish when this game started? I was hoping the Bills would win just because I feel like they would have had it in them to be able to beat the Patriots. I agree. I agree. Now, you look at the Patriots, especially when it comes late in the season, getting close to the postseason, somehow, some way, Belichick and Brady seem to get it done. Now, it was a close game. Right? Buffalo Bills, their defense played really, really well. Uh, Sean McDermott really has that team going in the right direction. Uh, Josh Allen showed some poise in that pocket against that high-profile defense that the Patriots has. However, the Patriots picked up the win, 24-17. Then we jumped into the last game of the evening. All right, This one had a lot on the line as the Niners took on the Rams, and it was a close one. It came down to a last-second field goal win by the San Francisco 49ers, keeping them in the one seed going in towards Week 17. Uh, Sunday, a lot of games on Sunday, a lot of games on the docket, starting Ooh. off with my favorite, the Falcons and the Jags, because I am a Falcons fan after all, and the Falcons put together another win over the lowly Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, it was a, it was a good game overall. We finally got to see Devonte Freeman coming out, uh, two scores early on in the game. Then the game, of course, tightened up a little bit, but the Falcons pull out the win. Uh, Ravens-Browns, big AFC contest here, hoping that Freddie Kitchens and the baker in the kitchen, Baker Mayfield, start pulling <laughs> things together. But you know what? It's just not their year, right? Especially against that powerhouse that is the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson, I'll tell you what, folks, is something else. As a Falcons fan, as a Michael Vick fan, I will be one to tell you <laughs> that there really is no comparison. Please stop comparing Lamar Jackson and Michael Vick, both very similar with the legs, with the run game, with the pass option. But you know what? Lamar Jackson is a quarterback, folks, something Michael Vick never really was. Never had that accuracy, so way to go, Lamar. Next game we got, Saints-Titans. Titans are putting it together, folks. What's your take on this one, Braid? Um, I feel like the Titans, they did pretty good this game, only by losing by 10 points, but they definitely did good after all. Exactly. The Titans are really starting to put together with Vrabel as that coach there. You got Ryan Tannehill coming in, right? He's been a talk of a lot of discussions over the past couple weeks with his amazing play. Uh, coming in though, playing the Saints, right? High-flying Saints with Breeze, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, all those fun people to talk about. That's right, a Falcons fan just said Saints people are fun sometimes. Um, no, nah, I take that back. They're really not. But <laughs> the Titans playing this game tough till the end. Always having a chance in this game. 
but eventually it came down to, to the way that I think everyone really expected is where the Saints pull off this win to stay at the very, very top of the mountain in the NFC. Definitely. 38-28. Then we get the Colts and the Panthers. Oh, now you look at this game on paper. You look at this game on paper and you're like, you know what? Panthers have a lot of trouble this season. Uh, you know, Rivera gets fired a couple of weeks ago. So you think maybe they have something to play for, right? But that, that team really is just having trouble getting any traction <laughs> outside of Christian McCaffrey, right? The Colts come in. You have Jacoby Prezet coming in. The score is 38-6, <laughs> right? Colts win over the Panthers 38-6, but... Thanking Naheem Hines to two punt returns for touchdowns in the same game because the Colts put up an absolute egg on the offense. Brissett threw for absolutely trash. Nothing going on in this game. Nope. But the Colts do get the dub, beating the Panthers, putting the Panthers towards the top of the list for one of the top picks in the NFL draft. And then it comes down to essentially what is... Brady. Uh, Turlet Bowl. The Turlet Bowl with the Cincinnati Bengals and the Miami Dolphins. Which, surprisingly, was actually a pretty decent game. Why is that? Because uh, the score is literally 35-38, to 38, and, the, and they had to go into overtime, and the Dolphins got a final field goal. Exactly. The Dolphins, <laughs> Fitzmagic has another one in them yet. Seems to talk about that every other week with the Dolphins, where they get close... But they really can't finish the game. But they do against the Bengals. Which the Bengals, after this loss, folks, pick up the number one draft pick in the upcoming NFL draft. Which has my boy Brady over here kind of sad because seems like Joe Burrow is going to have to go play for those Bengals. And I'm an LSU fan, so I kind of hate that. <laughs> Everybody feels bad for Joe Burrow right now. Uh, but no, it was overall, it was a pretty good game. You deserve better, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He absolutely does. Especially after this year with the way that he played a Heisman Trophy winner, Joe Burrow, more than likely a lock for that number one pick to go to the Cincinnati Bengals. Another great game we had <laughs> over the weekend was the Steelers and the Jets. Which surprisingly, the Jets won. What do you mean surprisingly? It's just the Jets. <laughs> it's the Jets. You never know what's going to happen. But what does that tell you about Pittsburgh? Their that offense is terrible, terrible, to say the least. All right, you had Duck Hodges in there, the old ducky, quack, 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 <laughs> going in after the Jets, stumbling quite a bit, just like he did last week with an interception, costly. <laughs> so they put Rudolph the Red-Nosed Mason Rudolph Reindeer in there again. He ends up throwing a touchdown, a killer strike to the back of the end zone of Deontay Thompson. That's right. Slow clap, slow clap, slow clap. And then all of a sudden, goes down with an injury. Big news for that just came out today as well on December 24th. Mason Rudolph going on IR for the rest of the year. So we get at least one more one more week of the duck. All right, at quarterback. But the Steelers do lose 16-10 to the Jets. Not bad, though. That Steelers defense is something else. Definitely. You got TJ Watt leading it. You got my buddy Cam Hayward in there. Clogging up every hole that's there for any runner possible. Right? However, mm -hmm. Jets take that win. Giants Redskins battle the NFC East. High scoring game. Another turtle bowl. From Daniel Jones 
and Dwayne Haskins. Now, Haskins goes down with a high ankle sprain, likely out the rest of the year. If I were the coach or the GM of the Redskins, not only would I be disappointed in my own life because I'm a GM or a coach of the Redskins, (laughs) but I would keep Haskins out. Do not play him in week 17 if he even is available to you. Let the kid rest. He got a lot of great reps in this season. Let's get get him ready to be successful in the future. But the Giants win this high-scoring game 41-35. Now we're going to take a look at another another battle here between the Denver Broncos Detroit Lions. Now mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you something. This Detroit Lions team, they can put up some points and it really if you take a look at the entire season, it really does not matter who is at quarterback. Matthew Stafford, we all know and love, great quarterback, great human being. David Blau though. He's doing pretty good. Wow. He's good. For like a I think he's a rookie, isn't he? Yeah, he is. You know what he said to the Broncos? I'm coming for you. Blow! <laughs> but he couldn't get it done. But I'll tell you what, that kid has some promise. He's yeah. accurate. He's smart. Right? He doesn't have all the weapons around him. No. Right? He's got on Johnson. He's got TJ Hawkinson from this past draft, uh, first round draft pick at a tight end. Right? They need to get him a couple more weapons. But I'll tell you what, the Lions organization already committing to a week or two ago to Matt Patricia still being the head coach next season, I I personally think puts them in the best seat. All right? The Broncos coming out on top are on a bit of a hot streak here, just like my Falcons, to finish out this season strong. We're going to talk about this game in a little bit more detail here in a couple of minutes. We're going to continue on, though, to that black hole. Those Oakland, soon-to-be Las Vegas Raiders against the Chargers. The Raiders pull out kind of a stunner here. Mm-hmm. I could have sworn John Gruden was going to tell his team, you know what, just do what you can do. Whatever happens, happens. This was more or less a season to see what their players have in them to see who they're going to keep on the roster to take to Vegas next season. But they pulled out a big win over <laughs> Philly Rivers. Now, Phillip Rivers, we know, had a, has a major issues this season. Interceptions, bad decisions overall with throwing the ball. Just not a good game. It's 24-17. It was a close game. Raiders pulled it out in the end. Nice long pass from Carter Renfro. Uh, but overall, really, this game, these two teams have been overall disappointing this season. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the true battle. Yeah. Of what I'm going to call the Turlet Division. Dallas sh- Cowboys as the Philadelphia Eagles. What's your take on this game, Brad? Um, fine. The Cowboys and Eagles could have played better. Just because, like, from both teams, not being too bad, but they're also not, like, the worst. So, I think they could have put more points on the board for both teams. Absolutely. With all that talent on the field, <laughs> this should have been a higher scoring game. Definitely. Right, you have Carson Wentz coming in here for the Philadelphia Eagles. He played a pretty decent game overall. Not that Wentz of two years ago when he was in that MVP talk, but he played pretty well, especially with not having all of his weapons. Mm-hmm. A lot of folks we know in the Eagles are are injured right now. Uh, they might make it back for the postseason if Philly can pull off one more win. But let me tell you something: those Dallas Cowboys—they are terrible. Terrible. If Jerry Jones cannot get out of his own way, these Dallas Cowboys, I don't care how much money you give to Zeke Elliott, Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, 
It does not matter if he will not get out of his own way and fire Jason Garrett. These Cowboys are going to go another 20 years without doing anything important in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Zeke Elliott came in, made a ton of money, apparently bought a whole bunch of nose rings that makes him look like a clown. It does not work on the football field. It does not. Dak Prescott is truly having an MVP-worthy season as an NFL quarterback. They do not pay the quarterback. I do not understand Jerry Jones' thought process here. Paying a running back high-value money in today's NFL is not the way to win. It is a quarterback-driven league. Any person on the radio, on television, or that knows anything about NFL football today, it is all about the quarterback position, which is why that position is the highest-paying position in the NFL and will continue to be that way for years to come. Needless to say, the Eagles pull out the win 17-9. Good job, Eagles. Way to go, Philly Eagles. This is the one time you will ever hear this Falcons fan saying he was rooting for the Philadelphia Eagles because the Cowboys organization needs to understand that they can't even beat low teams like the Philadelphia Eagles this year. And I was rooting for Philadelphia too, even though I'm a Seahawks fan. So, Bird, go to Bird. We got the Birds in the house. Woo! We're going to move on to the next game with Bird versus Bird. <laughs> this one, a little disappointing to my man here. Personally, I hated it. The Cardinals and the Seahawks. A shocker of a game Absolutely. this season. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, you have to think of something. When you look back over the Cardinals season, though, Brady, they play almost every team pretty tough. Now, they killed my Falcons. So, this Cardinal is coming out like a tough bird. Even though they're tiny in real life. True. They attacked the Seahawks. They attacked the Falcons. They came out. Kyler Murray Murray actually gets hurt with a hamstring injury in this game. Comes out of the game. Somehow still wins. Brett Hundley comes in. I saw him. I went to a Packers game a couple years ago. Brett Hundley was there. Not sure how he's still in the league. But hey, all the power to you. Go get that money, boy. But they end up beating the Seahawks 27-13. Now, I will tell you, let's talk about this game a little bit. All right. Last week, Seahawks lose Rashad Penny. Mm-hmm. Right. Season-ending injury. You're like, you know what? You got Chris Carson. We're you good. got CJ Procise, right, as a nice little backup, nice We're little good. change of pace back. You're still okay. Then we lose Carson. Chris Carson goes out, and CJ Procise breaks his arm. All running backs are gone. Gone. Russell Wilson, also without his starting left tackle, Dwayne Brown. Which now, you, need you, him. you need Dwayne Brown. You gotta protect Russell. A dude can only move so much. Now, even with weapons like DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Jacob Hollister, has been a great little trio over the past four to five weeks for Russell Wilson. Absolutely. But the Seattle Seahawks, as we know <laughs> them and as we have known them, are a power run team we need a running back at least two wait hold on a second which we actually the seahawks need running backs oh that's right they went and signed robert turbin last night and wait and what do you mean and (laughs) so wait 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 something's shaking something's shaking is that an earthquake 
Is that an earthquake? No, it's a beast, Marshawn Lynch. It's a beast quake. Seattle Seahawks re-signing Marshawn Lynch. Lynch. Woo! For the story of the week, they get two power backs. Potentially one of the strongest, most difficult backs to bring, to come back here to finish off the Seahawks season strong. Now, they're bringing Marshawn Lynch and Turbin back to fill those gaps of Carson and Penny. Is it going to be enough? I think so. Because if you look at some of the videos of um, Marshawn Lynch, he he is pretty much sometimes unstoppable. Absolutely. They'll call him beast mode for nothing. True. Right? He flips that trigger. Turns on that high gear that no one else has. Takes an entire team to bring the man down. He's been training like crazy the past couple of weeks. He visited Seattle about two weeks ago, if if anybody uh, hasn't heard that. Two weeks ago, he took a trip to Seattle, met with some of the guys, and this is when Chris Carson was still healthy. Mm-hmm. So at that time, I don't know what happened behind those closed doors there in Seattle. But all of a sudden, he comes back two weeks ago, and he talks to a trainer and says, I need you to push me as hard as you can to get me in shape in two weeks. Right? That Mm -hmm. wasn't the conversation, of course, but it happened that way. He was fighting for a spot. Something like that. While no one had any clue that he was going to be coming back. Now, all of a sudden, Carson goes down, ProSize goes down, you know what? And we're like, you know what? We need him. It's perfect timing. Right? Marshawn Lynch takes a flight yesterday to Seattle, sits down with Pete Carroll. Got his physical done. Got his physical done. Looked good for a 33-year-old, still he's light been on his feet. sitting the whole entire season. He's fresh. He's fresh. Hopefully ready to go. Fresh the as a gum. brand new pack of Skittles. <laughs> or right? mint gum. So the Seahawks are coming in. Now they have the Niners this week. This is going to be the NFC West Championship game. Woo! So of course my man here is hoping that they get a they get a win over the Niners. I, I try to break it down in a simple sense where you always want your team to win. Absolutely. You never root against your team. So I'm going to let him root for his Seahawks while I quietly hope that they actually don't win. Don't and that's, tell me that. And, that <laughs> and that's thinking short and long term. If you start looking at the playoff picture... <laughs> If the Seattle Seahawks lose to the Niners, the Seahawks draw or stay at the fifth seed. Which we're still in the playoffs. And you take a look at this. They're going to be in that wild card week. They have the potential of playing the Eagles or the Cowboys, depending on who wins that NFC East showdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Saints. the Saints potentially could be there. The <laughs> Vikings could potentially be there. That wild card game can be a lot easier if you're playing the Cowboys or the Eagles right now. Mm-hmm. So by losing, you're more than likely going to be playing one of those two teams. Of course, there's a lot of different outcomes that can change that up. But if they lose, they're going to have an easier road, at least the first wildcard weekend here, before you start getting into the divisional and conference rounds. Okay? So we got two more games. And these were the pretty good ones. Chiefs and Bears. What do you think of that score? Well, Bears definitely could have done better. <laughs> Trubisky, that's where to, were you at, man? That's to say the least. Um, Chiefs. Kudos to Patty Mahomes. Definitely. Freaking put on a show there. 
absolutely did. Chiefs beat up on the Bears 26-3. Now, I'll tell you what. The score was a little more skewed than I thought it was going to be. I thought Definitely. it was going to be a closer game. Khalil Mack and the boys, I think, must have went down and got a Chicago deep dish pizza somewhere. Because they didn't show up for anything. But, of course, I can't put it all on those boys. Because the offense came out and threw a good old goose egg. Trubisky turned back to the Trubisky of old, not of the past couple weeks where he was playing pretty well. Allen Robinson had a couple drops. Running game couldn't get going. Nope. Right? That Chiefs defense, I will tell you what, if they had that defense My last goodness. year, they would have been in the Super Bowl. Definitely. The Chiefs offense, we know can put up points. You have Mahomes, you got Hill, mm -hmm. you got um, my boy from the Georgia Bulldogs, McCole Hardman, you got Travis Kelsey. I mean, there's just a, a crazy number of weapons on that offense. And the defense for the Chiefs, they did good. And the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, is all over the <laughs> field. It is not very often that you see a safety going man-to-man -man on one of the top receivers for every single team in the NFL. And this dude plays lights out. Mm -hmm. He can keep up with speed. He looks back, tracks the ball as well as almost any wide receiver out there. At least he has as of late. Mm -hmm. So keep an eye on the Chiefs as they make their run towards AFC greatness this year. I would love to see the Chiefs and the Ravens end up in the AFC Championship game to determine who goes to that Super Bowl. All I'm saying is, for the Bears, you guys definitely could have done better. I'm you guys get to go home and think about what next season's going to look like. I hope you guys keep Matt Nagy on as a head coach. I like Nagy a mm -hmm. lot. I think he's good for the team. Mm -hmm. You definitely went too high for Trubisky. He has some promise, but he gets rattled very, very easily. You need to add a little bit more of a running game, not just Montgomery behind him. You got to put somebody in there. Mm -hmm. Tariq Cohen was a great one-year guy. Keep him back as a special teamer, punt returner, kick returner. That boy's got some speed. But you got to get them some more weapons. And most of all, you got to do something to that offensive line to protect Trubisky and give him some more time to stay relaxed back there and figure out what that defense is doing. Mm -hmm. But let's turn our sights to last evening the monday night game the green bay packers and the minnesota vikings battled the nfc north seeing who falls where in the postseason now this game as we were sitting there watching the it last night and second quarter we were both flipping out because of how bad the packers were playing i almost fell asleep twice because of the Packers. the first half of this game was, was horrible absolutely boring <laughs> me to death all right now, the Packers had some trouble. You had Aaron Jones fumbling on the first possession for the Packers. Right? The Vikings turn it around, kick a field goal. Then you have Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if he was, what was just... What happening to you, man? I would say maybe he was a little cold, but he's used to that frozen tundra there in Green Bay. I've been there. It is cold. But Rodgers showed up last night and seemed like he was asleep. Because he for did the, not play his best. For the first 40 minutes of football. The first half, he threw a pick. Vikings end up turning that around. A nice little toss from Cousins to Diggs for a touchdown. Get a field goal. Man, I was sitting. My dad's a Packers fan. I'm, I'm of course, always rooting for them <laughs> unless they're going against the Falcons. But I, I was not sure what to think of this game. But when it was halftime, and I kind of woke up from a little trance there, 
I'm thinking about it, and I'm looking at the scoreboard. Like, they're only, like, one point behind. It was 10-6 to six at halftime. I thought it was nine. No, 10-6. to six. They're not far behind. It's only a four-point difference. And that was with, like, <laughs> two or three turnovers from the Packers. Mm-hmm. What that tells me is that this is the best, and it's not just this week. It's been the past couple of weeks. This is the best Packers defense that Aaron Rodgers has ever had. That combination on the front line with Preston Smith and most importantly last night with three and a half sacks, Zadarius Smith just clobbering Kirk Cousins. They could have single, double, triple teamed him and he was getting in and around absolutely everybody on that Minnesota Vikings offensive line. He was amazing. He was a wrecking ball going through that offensive line. Because he could just fight his way through, always find his way to Kirk Cousins and just lay it on him. Another guy that showed up last night from that defensive line, Kenny Clark, big dude in the middle, right? I remember a play in the fourth quarter, watching it last night, we're sitting there, and all of a sudden, he goes from the guard to the center. He does a double slap from both of them, shoots right up the middle, flies right towards Cousins, interrupting that play. Now, it's rare that you can get by two guys, unless you're Aaron Donald. It's true. But it literally took him two swipes from his right hand to shove the guard and the center out of the way saying, get out of here. I'm coming for your quarterback and there's nothing you can do about it. So with about two minutes left in the third quarter, apparently there was a beast and not Marshawn Lynch, but there was a beast that woke up the Green Bay Packers. Within two minutes, they scored twice, putting them up 14-10. Some nice short and intermediate passes from Rodgers, which we know that's what he is best at. Aaron Jones putting it together. And then the fourth quarter comes out, and that Packers defense just kept on swarming like killer bees against Kirk Cousins. And they said, you know what, Kirk? You're 0-8 on Monday Night Football. We're going to make sure that we do everything we can to be 0-9. Absolutely. So they just kept attacking. Green Bay put on another (laughs) score. As Aaron Jones broke away for a long touchdown that was run. amazing. It was a beautiful run to seal off that game. That guy, he can, he can run. He could put those Jets on. Yeah. Not the New York Jets. No, those, that team is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's a breakdown of Week 16 in the NFL. Let's Let, talk about next week. Let's talk about next week. Let's also talk about some news. And we're also going to break down some of these games a little <laughs> bit more just in some detail. We already talked about the Seahawks, right? I mean, this this has got to be... I mean, it's frustrating to me, and I'm not even a fan. I mean, I like them. I like Russ. I like Pete. I like those guys. Tyler Lockett's my boy. But, man, they, they Week 16 has just been absolutely terrible. I mean, these are the worst Christmas presents this organization can, can even fathom. Merry Christmas. You lost. But this many people, you cannot lose this many people. No. Like... Now... When you when you think about it, I mean, they got some good things. They're bringing Turbin back. Turbin's used to the organization. He played with them before. Marshawn Lynch, of course, I think you can plug and play him just about anywhere. Good, great coming out of the backfield. But to lose Carson and Penny over the past couple of weeks, losing Dwayne Brown, just got surgery yesterday. Hopefully he'll be back in time for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That's a tough one. Um, 
Zach Ertz for the Eagles, right? Big game coming up against the Giants. He's got some fractured ribs. Yep. Uh, he's getting some more testing done today to see if if he can just play through the pain or if there's going to be more of a risk for him if he does play a week without some rest. Uh, so we'll see. Maybe we'll see some more Dallas Goddard here. Maybe. Uh, as opposed to so much Ertz, which isn't good. Philly does pretty well in those two tight end sets. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, helps definitely helps in their run game. Uh, Miles Sanders has been busting out the last couple <laughs> weeks. Hopefully he keeps that up against the Giants. Uh, but that's another big injury to take a look at. Um, another game to look at, and we're going to touch on this in a little bit more detail, but you saw Mark Ingram go down for the Ravens. Oh, yeah. Right, had a bit of a uh, bit of a sprain, uh, a bit mm-hmm. of uh, issue with his calf. So of course, for for that power guy right there, you want his legs as fresh as possible. The Ravens already locked up the number one seed, first round bye. Yep. You think you you think they let the guy rest? Um, if he's in the Pro Bowl, then yes. Like I feel like they would probably let him rest just because their next week game's not going to be like too big. But yeah, I mean they already locked it up. Right, they locked up first place. They They're got a first, first round bye in the playoffs. So. They they get a bit of a rest. Give the guy a break. They got some more running backs. Throw them in there. Um, you saw a couple of people coming up. Mark Andrews there, a tight end, number eighty nine for the Ravens. He came up hobbling a couple times. Lamar Jackson, you got to let that guy rest. Because right? he, he is like he's probably most likely going to be in the Pro Bowl. So well, I think they're hoping he's going to end up being in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So the Pro Bowl ain't on their sights right now. They have a chance of making it to the Super Bowl. So they're definitely number one in the power ranks this week, just about mm-hmm. anybody you talk to. But you got to give those guys a rest. I know it's a game against the Steelers, big old rivalry, <gasps> but you got to rest those starters. This game really does not mean anything for your season. Um, I mean, I could see the Ravens showing up and showing out, no matter mm-hmm. who they have at quarterback or running back, to try to just put it to the Steelers one more time. And especially if they got RG3 coming in at quarterback – they go ahead and beat the Steelers, man. They're gonna hold them. They're gonna hold that over <laughs> their head for the next year. Uh, but it's gonna be good. It's gonna be you know a couple of great games. But those are some of the big injuries. We already talked about some of the news with Lynch coming back. A lot of teams are looking at free agents right now to see who they can pull. Uh, you know, from that bucket of players that can help their team in the very very short term uh, coming in. The Seahawks also brought in C.J. Anderson for a, for a, a physical yesterday. Uh, no news out of there yet. I can't see them signing three running backs. Me personally, I was they're going to bring back Beast Mode and CJ. We we saw last year what CJ was able to do with the Rams when Gurley got hurt. Pretty much carried them to the Super Bowl. You know, of course, couldn't couldn't pull them over that uh, that hump of beating the Patriots last year. But CJ Anderson, fresh legs. You saw what he could do last year. They should have brought him back again. You never know. Maybe they'll make another another quick decision though. Um. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about some more detail in that Broncos and Lions game. Whew. Now, if you look at this game and you're watching it, we watched the we watched a condensed version yesterday just to get some more details on this. We didn't catch this one live. And in the beginning, it was boring. It was a terrible game to start off. I with. literally almost fell asleep. There was a couple of things we already talked about. Brady already talked about how how Blau looked. Right, he played well. Yes, he was smart in the pocket, made good decisions with the football, didn't make too many Aaron throws. Looks really, really good. But let me tell you something. If he keeps it up, definitely going to be a good quarterback. Absolutely. Completely agree with you. And that actually brings me up to another conversation. Lions. Matthew Stafford has been their guy for a long time now. Mm -hmm. Dude is tough as nails. Absolutely. 
right? Finally goes on IR after trying to battle back after some injuries. But the Lions haven't been successful in a very long time. No matter what weapons you put around, offensive line, no matter how well the defense plays, Stafford isn't getting it done. You think this is the year? Maybe Blau comes in and takes his job. Maybe. Maybe. Possibly next year, too. Maybe Patricia and the front office take a look at what's going on. Stafford's getting a little older. Blau comes in, a young guy. You're not paying him much money. Do you maybe try to offload Stafford? Trade him to a quarterback needy team, maybe like the Panthers. Maybe. Right? Or the Dolphins. Fitzmagic ain't going to do that forever. He's got to shave that beard sometime, and we all know that that's his luck. That dude's got a big beard. But maybe they trade Stafford and try to get something back to put around Blau to protect him, give him some weapons, or maybe to stout up that defense a little bit. Maybe. But let me tell you something about the Broncos, fellas. Mm-hmm. This Broncos team, very, very troubled throughout most of the season. They, yeah. they took Joe Flacco from the Ravens. Got Drew Locke. Came in, did nothing. The man brings up Drew Locke. I think Elway finally found his quarterback. Mm-hmm. After quarterback, after quarterback, after quarterback, since Elway has become GM, they have all been failures because, and even if you talk to Broncos fans, he's looking for himself. There is not another John Elway. No. Drew Locke might be about as close as you can possibly get. He's a big fella. After watching this game, after watching about the last three to four weeks since Locke came back from injury, they put him in. He has been extremely accurate. So major fire on that ball. Definitely. Putting it in the right place. Not only does he have a cannon for an arm, but he drops dimes to those wide receivers. <laughs> yeah. He, he can make any throw on the football field. Mm-hmm. Putting a solid run game behind him. The dude has some wheels. He can move. He's a mobile quarterback. Probably more mobile than what Elway ever was. Mm-hmm. I'd have to agree with you there. So I think, actually, you know what? I know. Drew Locke is the future for the Denver Broncos. Definitely. People knew that in the draft this year when the Broncos passed up on him and then came back in and swooped up and grabbed him. Everybody knew Drew Locke was the guy. Unfortunately, he got hurt early. We didn't get to see him all season. But now that he is here... I firmly believe he has arrived in the NFL, and he is definitely, without a doubt, the Denver Broncos quarterback going forward. Yeah, I could see that happening because at the, be- like at the beginning of the season, Broncos they weren't doing like they weren't doing too hot. But then, like once Drew Locke came back in, um, they started picking it up a little bit. Absolutely, absolutely. So it was a, it was a, it's an interesting game. It picked up in the second half. Uh, first half, terribly boring, but you know what? A battle yes. between those two teams, you don't really expect much. Uh, but really. it, ended up, it ended up turning out to be a pretty good game. So you got 17-27, yeah. only beating them by 10 points. Congrats to both teams. Absolutely. Let's talk about Baltimore and Cleveland. Oh. You look at this game right away. 31-15. And you think it's going to be a blowout, right? You look at the Ravens, you're like, oh, they're going to throw a 50-burger on them. The Browns aren't doing nothing. They're a mess internally. Everybody's arguing and fighting with each other. It's true. Got too many cool. cooks in that kitchen. They actually didn't do, like, they didn't, Browns didn't pick up a good win, but they did at least pretty decent. The Browns showed up for the first quarter. Mm-hmm. They slowed down Lamar Jackson and that high-flying offense. They did pretty well. Baker was Baker. Mm-hmm. They always talk about that sophomore slump with quarterbacks. 
I don't. I, I hope honestly for his sake that that's all this is, is a sophomore slump, and he comes out next year and starts slinging that ball around like the cocky player that he was last year. Mm-hmm. Cocky but confident is good for a quarterback. But this year, in this game in particular, I know the Ravens' defense can cause some issues for quarterbacks, but my goodness, Ooh. he was as inaccurate as any quarterback I've seen this season, making absolutely terrible decisions. The offensive line was holding up fairly great, fairly good for him in this game. And, like, I know a lot of people usually say this, but, and it is kind of true, Baker Mayfield has, he's in more commercials than he has wins in football. <laughs> I'm just saying. Is he a better true. actor than quarterback? I'd say, yes. <laughs> I think that's a little rough. But you know what? This season... Probably okay. He probably should have spent a little less time in the commercial business, a little more time in the playbook, mm-hmm. watching film. But that offensive line showed me something. They lost a bunch of guys, right? You got Joe Thomas. He left last year. Gone. Or a year before. Something like that. But he's he's looking good. He's slim and fit now, <laughs> all up in the uh, announcer's booth and on TV, right? But mm-hmm. that offensive line showed up against that Ravens defensive front and that linebacker core. Now, don't get me wrong. They got after Baker pretty good. But that offensive line gave him plenty of time to find receivers downfield. Definitely. His his throws were not accurate. Not even the short passes. Not even the dumps to the running backs. He just he couldn't hit anybody. Right? There's not like one good throw that he threw. I forget who he threw it to, but like the person that Baker threw it to, he caught it like just before he went out of bounds. And that was actually a pretty decent catch. It was OBJ. Yeah. Right? Nice dump to OBJ. He had a couple of nice throws to Jarvis. Yeah. But you know what? That's not going to get it done against these top-tier teams in the NFL. And they haven't been like Baker Mayfield. He hasn't been throwing it to like Odell like a lot this season. Absolutely not. He. That's why you see Odell being so frustrated all the time. Both him and Jarvis. Yeah. I think they're upset more with the play calling than with <laughs> Baker Mayfield. I, I don't think Freddie Kitchens is going to be a good enough quarterback in the or a, a coach in the NFL. Um, you know, I, I listened to this. I listened to this conversation, uh, a radio show that had uh, Hugh Jackson on, which we all know has been the Browns' head coach forever, and then got fired. Uh, had a couple of guys come in. That's who Freddie Kitchens filled in for last year. Uh, but he just mentioned he never really knew Freddie Kit- Kitchens as a play caller. He knows him as a running back, a running back coach. So playing call or, or calling plays uh, for the offense. It, doesn't seem like it's his 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 cup of tea. Not really. Um, last season, you know, they came on really really strong at the end. They finished out. They even had a shot at the playoffs last year. True. Um, Freddie Kitchens just isn't it. No. I think they need to change up that 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 uh, coaching staff. Get some get some better guys, more veteran type of uh, leadership in that locker room. Um, you know, Jarvis and Odell being back together again, brothers from college. Mm-hmm. Um, Baker can't have better outlets. I mean, you got Nick Chubb in the backfield, for God's sake. I mean, yeah. dude's an MVP himself. Mm-hmm. You know, not with Lamar in the field. But uh, Nick Chubb, one of the best running backs in the NFL this season. Um, and I'm just saying this now. He's kind of like the, like, uh, not really, like, good comparison, but, like, he's like the slight Khalil Mack of, like, the offense of the Browns. <laughs> He, tough, tough he's guy. He's a big dude, and he's pretty tough. Tough guy. Speed, Speed, right? Fast as can be. Breaks out of tackles. Has some really, really great vision. Um, a couple times, you know, against this game, and I think that was uh, more props to the Ravens' defense. Um, I just saw I saw Chubb take some bad cuts. 
Um, just, yeah. you know, hitting the wrong hole, uh, running running into traffic as opposed to trying to take a different slot, get out in the open. But, I mean, he, he's a he's a battering ram. I mean, mm-hmm. he just he kept going at that Ravens defense, which not not a lot of running backs can say they do that. Good thing is though, is that if he tried to get like in the Ravens defense, he would just try his hardest to keep going, and you don't see like a lot of like running backs to do that. Yeah, you, you typically see running backs today go down with a hit. Yeah. And uh, Nick Chubb to me reminds me of those old old timing running backs where he would just keep on trucking. No hit, matter those what. legs don't stop, right? And that's what they teach you from Pee Wee football on is that if you're a running back and you got the ball in your hands. Those legs don't stop till you're on the ground. No matter what you do, just keep on trucking. And uh, Nick Chubb definitely displays that for the Browns. They got Absolutely. too much talent to be this bad. Mm-hmm. And that's like the Cowboys. The Cowboys have too much talent to be this bad. Yeah. Now, of course, you know, the, the, probably one of the biggest things I hate the most about NFL football is the fact that they still call Dallas Cowboys America's team. They call them America's team, but it's because America doesn't like the Cowboys. It's true. Right? I mean, you have them from back in the mid to late 90s. Absolutely. I, as a child, loved watching Emmett Smith, Michael Irvin, and Troy Aikman. They were fun to watch. But you know what? That shifts from year to year. Right? This year, it's fun to watch the Ravens play. Yeah. It's fun to watch Hollywood Brown, Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, Andrews, Hayden Hurst. That offense just go to town on everybody. <laughs> and that's coming from a Falcons and a Seahawks fan who we both hate the Ravens so much. So you have to kind of take that for what it is. Right, you look at what teams are fun to watch. Mm-hmm. The Browns, uh, I don't want to watch them. The Cowboys, mm-hmm. even though they are forced down our throat every week on prime time because Jerry Jones has the cash flow to pay, <laughs> they are on prime time almost every single week in the NFL season, especially here on the East Coast where we are. Mm-hmm. Right, but the Cowboys are just a bad football organization. It's just true. I mean, I'm tired of watching them. I know a lot of people that are tired of watching them. Even Cowboys fans. Including me. Are terrible, are are, are just (laughs) tired of watching them on TV. Mm -hmm. Give us a better game, NFL. Please. Instead of complaining about the Cowboys more, because I feel like everybody could do that. Let's change it up. Because everyone could do that. Week 16 is in the books. It's already done with, had like some pretty good matches. Not like the best, but... Yeah, it was It wasn't a great week of football. I'll put it that way. It wasn't one of the best. A lot of it seems like a lot of players are trying to force things. <laughs> you know, with it being late in the season, the teams that potentially have a shot at the postseason, instead of playing their game, they're trying to play with more than what they got. Just play with what you got. Don't play with more. Let's shift our focus to week seventeen. And oh boy, week seventeen. All games are on Sunday. Final, final. Final. Week of the regular season. And like Brady said, all Seahawks games... got the final game. <laughs> <laughs> He's excited about that one. Woo! All games are on Sunday, which means, unfortunately, folks, we're coming to an end of this 2019 season. We had so a good we're, one. We're in for a long off season after this. But we still have a lot of football to play. But there's no more Thursday night football. Nope. We had a week of Saturday football, which no more, was fantastic. No, no more Monday night football either. No more Monday night football. All games on sem- Sunday, after, December 29th. After Sunday, all the regular season is done, set in the books, and then just heading off to the playoffs. So let's or talk about this playoffs. week's coming games. All right, we start off with the Jets and the Bills. Who do you got in this one? I'm going to go with the Bills. Not just because, I'm not saying that just because the Jets are like a, kind of like a Dolphins team. But I'm just saying because the Bills, they've got it in them. 
I'm just thinking they're just going to keep heading to the playoffs. If even in the playoffs. I agree with you on this one. I think the <laughs> Buffalo Bills, Sean McDermott, and that offense are going to keep it going. That defense is stout as always. Uh, but they need to get this win, right? They had that really absolutely. tough loss on Saturday against the Patriots. But they got, they're got they already in the playoffs, which is absolutely great for Buffalo and their fans. They deserve it. It's been a long time to have a team this good. But they need to finish strong and keep that momentum going to go into the playoffs. And to continue what you were saying about like tough loss of the Patriots, I'm pretty sure in the first quarter they were beating the Patriots. They were. It was and a I really was, great game. I was getting excited because I'm like, Okay, the Bills can definitely beat the Patriots, but then in the end, I'm like... Whoa. They hung in there with them this week. They did good. They did it, good. It was a really... But you can't have a moral victory in the NFL. <laughs> no. You got to have a victory after the end of that game. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to the next game. You got the Browns and the Bengals, which is the Battle of Ohio Whew. for Cincinnati and Cleveland. And honestly, I just... They should both just forfeit. Let's be honest. <laughs> Turtle ball. I mean, you got the Bengals. You already locked up the number one pick. That's your plus for the year, okay? Like, just end it there. You got nothing else going on. You are one in, like, 15, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> you, got... you only beat the Jets. Like, that's not really an achievement. You got the Browns, which you're not playing for anything other than maybe pride. At least they got, like, like six wins or something. But I think, you know, if John Dorsey with the Browns wants to figure something out, Maybe figure out who your coach is going to be next year. Don't even worry about the Bengals. Let's <laughs> yeah. just let's. Can both of you take the loss and move up in the ranks for like another just tie draft with pick? A zero and zero, and just end it there. That just that seems like the toilet bowl of the week. But all if, right. But if I had to choose, I would go with the Cleveland Browns just because I feel like Baker. He's he's got that strong arm. Definitely not the most accurate, but I feel like he can pull it together. I'm gonna switch my. We were talking about these games earlier before we came on yeah. here. I'm gonna switch my pick. Bengals. I'm going to take the Bengals because I feel <laughs> that even though Andy Dalton has been less than mediocre his career with the Cincinnati Bengals, I think Dalton realizes that this is probably going to be his last game in a Bengals uniform. Probably. And I think that red him. rocket is going to come out and fire that ball on that subpar Browns defense and pull them a win in the final weeks going forward to make them think just slightly slightly about keeping, you know, actually, you know what? He's going to do it for himself. He doesn't care about the Bengals or fans <laughs> anymore because he doesn't want to be in Cincinnati anymore. If he said he did, he's lying. The Bengals are notoriously known for not surrounding the, 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 the key stinking. players for what? Or for stinking. For stinking it up on the field every single year. Besides against the Jets. Like that was pretty good. <laughs> But everybody knows Joe Burrow is going to be it for the Bengals. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to something. And Bengals need Joe Burrow. I'm let's, just going to say that. Let's just forget about it. Because this game's already in the books. It's terrible. Let's move on to the Packers and the Lions. Um, what do you got on this one? I'm going to go with the Packers just because I feel like Aaron Rodgers. He could like he can throw it down the field and have some pretty good catches with the wide receivers. And if he gives it to um. Aaron Jones, I'm pretty sure it was. Um, I feel like he can keep running down the field, too. Definitely. I'm going to go with the Packers on this one, too. There's really not much more to say than that, (laughs) honestly. It's just against the Lions. The the Packers got to keep it going, right? They're still fighting for that number one seed to get a first-round buy in the playoffs. Can't lose and do that. You got to get a win here. Because for the game that they had yesterday on Monday, 
um, they put up some pretty good points. I'm not going to lie. Absolutely. And the Vikings are a little bit more of a team than the Detroit Lions right now. Absolutely. But the Packers got to get that W. They got to keep fighting. Matt LaFleur, I'll tell you what, probably one of the best coach. Well, let me just, I don't want to say one of the best coaches. I love Matt LaFleur, especially when he was our QB coach at Atlanta. But he comes into the <laughs> Packers, first year as a head coach, killing it. Potentially, not only making the playoffs, potentially getting a first round by his first season as a head coach in the NFL, dealing with, you know, big egos. Mm-hmm. Like Aaron Rodgers. Yep. All right? But doing an absolutely phenomenal job this year. I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers as well. Then we got the Chiefs and the Chargers. Whew. Now, this game here, I'm going to take the Chiefs, right? Because the Chiefs are also fighting for a higher seed in the postseason. Yeah. The Chargers, Phillip Rivers is... is I really like Phillip Rivers. He yeah. is another one of those guys, just like Stafford, tough as nails, takes a beating on a very subpar team, Keeps getting up and giving it everything he has, but this year really just is not it for Rivers. I think also I'm going to go with the Chiefs just because I feel like Patrick Mahomes, if he throws it to um, Kelsey or Hill, they can they can definitely get the job done. All three. Take it right to the house. Yeah. Right. That Chargers defense really isn't much either. Um, yeah, I'm just going to go Chiefs here. Just end of story. Vikings, Bears. Who you got? Um... I think I'm going to go with Vikings on this one, just because from the game that they put up against the Packers, they they did pretty good. Like, for the first and second quarter, they did good, but, like, the Bears, like, come on, Trubisky. Like, in this game, you need to play good, man. Is all you can say about Trubisky, come on, man? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all we can say. Right, he's always uh, going to be held against those standards, yeah. uh, you know, because the Bears jumped up so high to draft him at number two in the draft, <laughs> which means they passed on people like Deshaun Watson. Yeah. They passed on Patrick Mahomes to go grab good old Mitchell. Wow. And it's been a fail. You missed Patrick Mahomes, which you could have had and ha- could have had a great season. All right. So I'm going to go with the Vikings here as well. Uh, Vikings <laughs> are going to be in the playoffs. Right, they're gonna get one of those yeah. wild cards. Uh, Same with us. But that, but that game, <laughs> that game last night against the Packers, the defense played pretty well. They did all right. That offense was terrible. Whew. So I'm hoping Kurt, after another bad, week here, Thielen can get a little healthier. Yeah. Uh, now, don't forget, Dalvin Cook was not in last night That's against true. the Packers, he was not and the Minnesota Vikings are definitely a different team with Dalvin Cook behind Kirk Cousins Absolutely. in that backfield. So, Dalvin Cook coming back, I think they're going to easily hand the Bears another loss to go into the offseason with their heads down and ready to go for next year. But Minnesota is going to take this win. Mm-hmm. Dolphins and Patriots. I'm just going with Patriots just because they're a good team. But I would like to see the Dolphins win just because I think, like, I remember whenever the Falcons beat the 49ers, that was, for right now, the upset of the year. And if the Dolphins could beat the Patriots, that is the automatic upset of the year for 2019. And it's not rare where the Dolphins beat the Patriots. You see, the Falcons win. Oh. Hey. <laughs> Seahawks guy. It's not rare where the Dolphins beat the Patriots. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm actually going to take this as my upset of the week. I'm going to take the Dolphins over the Patriots. The Patriots finally put together an offensive, <laughs> some offensive film this past week against Buffalo, where they looked like a legitimately good offense. Yeah. Without Gronk, without all these other star players that are in there, 
They look good. Michelle got it going in the backfield. Edelman, you know, faked a concussion on the field to get a penalty. Cheaters. Once a cheater, always a cheater. But the Dolphins are going to come at him. You can, I don't care what team this person is on. Fitzmagic. Fitzmagic will take it to you. Right? Fitzmagic. And don't forget that key piece. That head coach of the Miami Dolphins, Brian Flores, the ex-coordinator for the Patriots. Tell me Flores doesn't want to come in and just give a little shove to Belichick and say, you still need me there. But when I leave, I'm going to take it to you now. As one of your opponents this season to give you one final loss of the regular season. I can see Brian Flores and Ryan Fitzmagic taking it to the New England Patriots this week. It's going to be a close one. It's going to come down in the last minute. Mm-hmm. But I see the Dolphins taking the Patriots as my upset of the week. That beard is going to give Fitzpatrick the win. <laughs> Lit beard. Now we got the NFC South, right? Ooh. Falcons, Buccaneers. I'm gonna. I'm always gonna take my Falcons. I'm gonna try to be as realistic on this podcast as possible, but I'm gonna take my Falcons over the Buccaneers. You got Jameis Winston throwing interception after interception. I feel like he's gonna set a record for interceptions this year with like 50. Um, he's gonna yeah. throw a couple this week. I Definitely. think against that Falcons defense. Ever since that bye, <laughs> and Dan Quinn relinquished some of his defensive play calling or all of his defensive play calling to Raheem Morris. Uh, and Ulbrich, I think we're going to take this one. Uh, that that Buccaneers offense is also going to be without their two star wide receivers once again for a second week in a row, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. So that offense is not as high-powered as it was. The Buccaneers did give the Texans some fits. Deshaun Watson still not playing his best. Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and that offense, Austin Hooper in there. They're going to cause some trouble for that Buccaneers defense. Even though that Buccaneers defense is playing pretty well, I'm a big fan of Bruce Arians. Really starting to pull this team together. Um, I'm going to take the Falcons with a, with a with a with a pretty good win here. I'm going to get I'm going to give a score for this one. Ooh. I'm going to say 33-17 Falcons. Maybe. Maybe like on this one, I'm also going to go with Falcons just because Winston. You could be doing better, man. I'm just saying that you really could. But you got. Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. Matt Ryan throws ball to Julio. Julio's always bound to catch it. That's all I got to say. Let's take the next NFC South battle. Saints-Panthers. Oh, my. This is just a killer. I'm taking the Saints. I don't think they're going to sit. God help Panthers. Saints, Saints really, they don't ever give up, honestly, except for when they get pass interference is called on them. That even though it was a mistake, they like to whine and cry about it. But <laughs> the Saints themselves, they're gonna take this one without a doubt. I don't I just I don't think there's a way that the Panthers can overcome a team like the Saints right now. Plus the Saints, Sean Payton is one of those coaches that will put his foot on your throat <laughs> and just keep pushing. They're not gonna give up just because they already have something locked in. They're still fighting for a potential one seed in the NFC for the playoff race. Uh, they want to try to get a first round by as well, so they're going to put that foot down on that throttle and just go to town on the Carolina Panthers. You know, <laughs> on this one, I'm going to go with the Panthers. Whoa! <laughs> Is that your upset of the week? Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. I know they lost like horribly to the Colts, but I feel like if the Panthers could pull it together, um, definitely could probably have um, a good game. Just got to... Keep pushing, keep throwing good, and that's that's your. They got to they, they got to get some more weapons for next season. 
They're, they're finding their head coach. They did just interview Mike McCarthy, the old Green Bay Packers coach, right. uh, over the weekend. I don't know if that's a good decision or not. I, they should have given Riverboat Ron another season. Uh, I definitely do like that they, they showed him a little bit of respect, let him know that they were going to be letting him go, uh, and did let him go, in fact, without going behind his back. Um, they can only rec- you know ride Christian McCaffrey so long. You know, even it's interesting. Even teams that focus on McCaffrey still get burned by him. Uh, he's just an, that amazing of a football player. But the the Panthers have no chance this weekend. You know what I'm gonna say? I'm saying this just for the Panthers. I feel like the Panthers, if they do win, they're only gonna win by one point. I'm just saying. So that. close coming down to the last second. Absolutely. Last second field goal or something like that. Yeah. Because right. I feel like I'm gonna give a score on this one. I'm gonna say, um, probably like thirty to twenty four. Thirty to twenty four. Saints have thirty. Panthers have 24. Um, last, like, 10 seconds of the game, Panthers score touchdown, get them 30-30. And then with, like... Um, extra point. Extra point. Then the rest of the game, Saints just can't pull it together. All right. All right. As long as it's last second, you can't give Drew Brees more than 30 seconds to come down <laughs> that field, especially against that Panthers defense. Mm-hmm. we got a couple of NFC East battles coming up here in Week 17. you got the Cowboys Redskins and Redskins. And Cowboys. Redskins are likely going to be without Dwayne Haskins. Likely. Right? Likely. So that means Case Keenum is going to be at the helm. Um, I think it'd be interesting to see Case Keenum take it to the to the Cowboys. Yeah. Um, if the Cowboys play like they did last week against the Eagles, Redskins got a shot. Definitely. Uh, I'm going to take the Cowboys here, though. I'm going to also take the Cowboys, too, because they're definitely not America's team because everyone hates them. But um, I'm just saying the Cowboys because you got Dak Prescott, and if he throws pretty good, um, some of his wide receivers... Um, do as long as they catch the ball this week. As long as they catch the ball and just get it close to the end Because they got a lot of drops this past week. <sighs> yes, a lot. Second NFC East battle, you got the Eagles and the Giants. Now, the Giants Turtle. are coming back from a big win, though. True. You know, Daniel Jones putting it together. Giants fans should be happy. Not ignorant enough, but should be happy that Daniel Jones is on their roster going forward with the end of Eli Manning's career here. Um, you know, the Giants can definitely play spoiler to the Eagles this week. But I'm saying I'm going to take the Eagles, right? Mm-hmm. And and part of that's in my heart because I want to see the Eagles take that last spot, just so the Cowboys don't in the wild card <laughs> race. Um, but I think I think the the Eagles are going to ride the coattails of Miles Sanders Ooh. into the playoffs. Carson Wentz finally getting a little bit of his groove back, but Miles Sanders is that key component that is going to put another win in their belt this weekend. I'm going to go Eagles as well because. Kind of like the Cowboys. As long as uh, Wentz just throws to his wide receivers, like, they're good to go. Um, Zach Ertz, he might not be playing, but, like, he does have a chance of getting there, though. It's a big weapon that they might be without. But Dallas Goddard showed a lot of promise this week. Great yeah. pickup by them in the draft. Yeah, good job, guys. Let's take the Colts and the Jags. This um, is this is a close game. Who do you got? I'm going to go with the Colts. All just right. because... They picked up a pretty big win against the Panthers and got like 33 to 6, I'm pretty sure. And um, I think if they keep playing like that, they could definitely pick up a win against the Jags. The offense has to put it together. I think <laughs> I, I think the Colts definitely have a shot here. Um, I'm going to go with one more win here for Gardner Minshew with Minshew Mania and that mustache of his. <laughs> the Colts, they're, they're not playing good football. You know, mm-hmm. Brissett came in. Uh, playing really well after Andrew Luck announced his retirement at the beginning of the season. That was sad. You know, he got injured, but it, it's kind of died down with the Colts right now. Um, 
I'm just I'm gonna take the Jags on this one. It's gonna be a tight game. You know, All this right. this this Jags and Colts teams are uh, they're both I feel around the same same level of intensity and talent that they have on those rosters. But I'm gonna go with the Jags. I'm gonna take Minshew going in, getting right. one final win in the season. All right. Next we got the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Baltimore Ravens. Man, this is gonna be <sighs> tight game. I'm gonna take the Steelers. I'm going with Steelers as well. Steelers got a great defense. Like then again, they did just lose to the Jets, but we all know it's the Jets, people. That's well. Here's here's a little bit of a different story for Week 17. Here, the Baltimore Ravens have announced they're going to be sitting a lot of their players, a lot of a their lot. starters, including Lamar Jackson, including Mark Lamar. Ingram, a lot of those key components that they have on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Because there's like 12 people that are going into their playoffs. They got nothing to play for right now. They already have the first seed. They already have a bye. The so, Steelers are going to take this one because they are still fighting for their postseason lives. Absolutely. If they do not win, then they're just they are out, out and waiting right. on next season again. That defense on the Pittsburgh Steelers is too good, and I also think Duck Hodges is going to come out after getting a kick in the <laughs> butt over the past couple of weeks. He's going to come flying high and make sure that the quacking. Steelers quack forever and the Duck fly together. And they take this win over the Baltimore Ravens, keeping their hopes alive until the next game where the Titans and the Texans square off. And I'm I'm going to take the Titans in this one Ooh. because Ryan Tannehill has been playing lights out with the Tennessee Titans since getting traded from the Miami Dolphins and becoming the starter for Tennessee. Plus, the Titans should be getting back their star running back in Derrick Henry to run all over that Texans defense. Now, the Texans announced that J.J. Watt will be coming off of IR and potentially ready for the playoffs, which is great for them going into the playoffs. But the way that Deshaun Watson has been playing, I see the Tennessee Titans taking this one, essentially putting themselves in the playoffs and knocking the Steelers completely out, sending them home for the postseason. I'm going to go Texans on this one because I feel like if Hopkins, if he throws to Deshaun Watson, like, same thing with the Falcons, like... Deshaun... You mean Watson throwing to Hopkins? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know um, what? <laughs> Key play call, switcheroo. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if he throws it to him, um, he's most likely bound to catch it and get some pretty good touchdowns in there. I think for... I'm going to go with the score on this one. I think... It's going to end up um, Texans winning by touchdown. Um, right. I think Tennessee Titans, I think they're going to go 32, and Texans are going to go, what, like 38? Yeah, 38-32 Texans you're taking. All right. It's good. That'd be a good game if that's the way it happens. Mm -hmm. uh, Broncos Raiders, right? This is, this is more than likely, without an awful lot of help, this is likely going to be the Raiders' final game as an Oakland Raiders organization. Of course, we all know they're moving to Las Vegas next year. Which is actually like, I kind of like their new name, like the Las Vegas Raiders. It just sounds cool. Sounds, well, the Oakland Raiders have a lot of history, but I think the, the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, with John Gurdon back at the actually, helm, I think they're going to start looking elsewhere at the quarterback position as well. Uh, Derek Carr is Derek Carr after all. I think they're going to mm -hmm. possibly try to get a high draft pick. Maybe make a trade with the Lions. Maybe. To bring Matthew Stafford in Maybe. to work with John Gruden. I think that would be a much better uh, option here. I'm going to take the Broncos in this one. I'm going to see Drew Locke continuing his greatness over the past couple of weeks. 
to head into the offseason with a lot of positivity towards the Broncos organization. I see the Broncos taking this one handedly. <laughs> I'm going to take this one 24-13. Oh, okay. All right, before I choose my pick, I feel like if you say Las Vegas Raiders in a cool way, I think it sounds better if you say it like this. Las Vegas Raiders! Oh, gosh. I think it just sounds better. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, on this one, I'm definitely going to go uh, Denver because if Drew Locke, if he just plays good, like, all is well, then as well. Awesome. So, I think my score, I think it's going to be uh, Denver Broncos – Maybe 30 for Las Vegas Raiders, 24. So just went by a touchdown. All right. I like that you're already calling them the Las Vegas Raiders, too. I'm just saying it. Oakland's gone. He's like, ah, Oakland's it's out. gone. We're done. No one likes Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, we're moving Las Vegas. Let's just do it. Um, Cardinals, Rams. I'm, now, oh, before man. you even get into it, before you even get into it, the Cardinals have played the Niners twice this year. And played them extremely tough. The Cardinals just spanked your Seahawks. The Rams <laughs> spanked your Seahawks even harder two weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks and ago. And this isn't to before. make you feel bad, but the Cardinals, I think, legitimately have a shot to take out the Rams this week. But. So you're going with Cardinals? I'm going with the Rams. Mm. I'm saying the Cardinals have a shot. But I'm going to go with the Rams because, you know what, both of these teams are out they're really playing for pride at this point in time. Jared Goff, I still think, <laughs> is an overpaid bottom five quarterback in the NFL, even with Sean McVay calling the plays. If they had a better quarterback, they'd be much better off. I think Todd Gurley is going to end up with a couple of touchdowns this week, but I see the Rams taking a close one, 20-17. Okay. Well, you know what they always say, um, if you can't, Beat Randy me, you got to join them. So I'm going with the Cardinals on this one because <laughs> um, I just want to go with them because I know how badly like they beat the Seahawks. And if they can put that up against the Rams, they're going to definitely do good. All right, good call. Good call. Yeah, we- sorry. So my score for this one is going to be maybe probably the same as our game, like 27 to maybe, I'm going to say 24. All right. So just be so just beating them by three points. Good game. Good game. We got one more of the week. Final game of the 2019 regular I'm season. I'm excited. The San Francisco 49ers. I'm automatically going to at, at 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 the Seattle Seahawks. So the 12th man is in play here. Absolutely. The Seattle Seahawks bringing in Turban and Beast Mode Marshawn Lynch Woo! to try to finish out their season strong to head into the postseason. I'm going to take the San Francisco 49ers. You do that. Um, you're alone. <laughs> and a 20 to 10 win. Oh. But it's Maybe. because Seattle's already in the playoffs. Yes. They're really not going to gain a whole lot with a win here because so- of the strength of the Packers and the Saints. They're going to give both Turbin and Marshawn Lynch, in my opinion, split carries just to get a couple hits under their belt to gear them up and get ready for the playoffs. You know, um, you can agree with the 49ers. You're going to be by yourself in that stadium, though, because we're using the 12th man on this one. And I I'm, I just got to go with the Seahawks on this one because we got Marshawn Lynch back, and we're going to be doing some pretty good playing. So I think I'm going to go with the score for 49ers. I'm going to give them uh, 24. Seahawks, I'm going to give them 30. Close one again. But that's how the Seahawks play that power run game. 
gives them the majority of the clock throughout their games, and that's how they win their games. They're tough, hard-fought battles that Russell Wilson, that magical hair of his, somehow (laughs) brings them out on top. The old man Pete Carroll and his gum-chewing jaw is going to get them another win, (laughs) says Brady. I'm going to still go with the Niners, though, which is a hard pick for me. I like Seattle. I see them going through. But to be honest with you, I think it's better if Seattle goes in as the fifth seed, hopefully gets to play the Eagles or the Cowboys, which I think will help them more easily advance into the next round of the playoffs and out of that wild card weekend. Well, So that's going to be the picks for Week 17. Uh, this is our first podcast, folks. First mm-hmm. episode. It's a little gutsy, I think. Yeah. Uh, going towards the end of a season here. We're going to continue <clears throat> this on throughout the offseason at the weekly post game, uh, this is our Christmas Eve edition, Christmas if you Eve will. Edition. So uh, this is the end of the episode, though, folks. But we definitely wish we you all a very mm-hmm. merry, merry Christmas. Christmas. We will um, have a next. We will have another episode next week. We will have another episode next daily. week to talk about week seventeen and to talk about what is upcoming for Wild Card Weekend and mm-hmm. the postseason mm-hmm. outlook going forward but i wish you all a very merry christmas thanks for tuning in merry christmas if you celebrate hanukkah happy hanukkah happy everything happy everything merry Uh, everything wish you all the most joy have a great time with your friends your family family. ensure enjoy everything enjoy week 17 next sunday december 29th uh we'll see you potentially December 30th, maybe December 31st, maybe a New Year's Eve edition. We should do Year's Sounds New pretty Year. good. We'll do New Year's Eve, I we'll think. We'll do New Year's Eve. Just to wrap up week 17 and the 2019, and 2019 regular season. season. We will see you all in the next podcast episode, which will be the New Year's Eve edition. So, Merry Christmas, guys, and we will see you on New Year's Eve. Have a great holiday, everybody. Peace out. Thanks Peace for out. listening. Thanks for watching or listening. <laughs>